Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Well, we are so glad that you joined us for online church today. And today we're going to be talking about being asleep at the wheel when Jesus is asleep at the wheel. But before we get started, I want to ask you a question. And I'd love for you to answer this if you're in a car full of people or maybe a house full of people or maybe on our chat. Or if you're by yourself, you can just tell Alexa she is a fantastic listener during this pandemic. But on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being awful or worst ever and 10 being best ever, how are you doing right now? Let's take 10 seconds and answer that where you are. How are you doing right now? You can just call that out in your car, on the chat, or to Alexa. You know, it's always a good point of reference to start with, how are you doing? And uh, for a young elementary student named Ben in Kentucky, he was starting uh, online school, and he would tell you he was not doing very good. You see, as he started online school, he had to keep a journal for his online school, and this is what he wrote in it. Day one, by the way. It is not going good. My mom's getting stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We took a break so my mom can figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you, it is not good. Well, my guess for some of you is JCPS in particular starts online school on Tuesday. That may be some of your story of what comes out from this week. But our text in Mark chapter 4 is going to tell us the story of the disciples who also could, could relate to Ben and say, it's not going very good. Mark chapter 4 verses 35 through 37 we begin today. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him, and a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Well, if we ask the disciples that question in that moment, they'd probably tell you the same thing. It is not going very good. The disciples are having a normal day with Jesus. He had just got done teaching, and he is telling them, hey, let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. This was not an abnormal request. As fishermen, it was something they'd done quite common. We know from the other gospel stories where Jesus walked in the water, there were some dramatic moments that happened in the water, but there was no reason for the disciples to believe this was going to be anything other than just a normal evening going across the lake. But in the midst of their mundane trip, a furious storm came out of nowhere, and it overtakes them. Wow, this story sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? Life a month ago was seemingly just going on. We had our worries, we had our concerns, but but life was just going on, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this pandemic has happened, and we find ourselves worshiping through a whole host of ways, and I find myself speaking to an empty space today. But from both this text and this pandemic, we learn something very important, and it's this truth. Storms will happen in our lives. They're inevitable. They're unavoidable. 
No matter how smart you are, no matter how prepared you are, no matter how cautious, how wise, or any other positive trait that you can say, storms will happen in your life. In fact, Jesus says that in this life you will have trouble. And we need to shift our mindset, especially during this time, to realize that we are going to have storms. It's not abnormal or strange to have storms. What is strange right now is that we're all facing one storm together. Well, Dr. Jared Burks, he is in his residency, and he's been working in the ER and caring for those sick in his community. And uh, last week, this picture of him with his one-year-old son, Zeke, went viral. He has to quarantine due to the nature of his work, and so he had the chance to watch Zeke uh, crawl for the first time through the screen window. Well, and let me just stop here for a second and just say to all of our medical workers and professionals, thank you, thank you, thank you. The stress you're carrying, the loads that you're wearing on behalf of our community, thank you so much. May God bless you during this time. Well, three days after this picture happened, a storm came through where Jared and his family live, and this is what their house looked like in Jonesboro, Arkansas. You can see the front door there kind of caved in around that, and part of me wants to say, come on, really? That doesn't seem fair. Jared is quarantined, and now he has no home to go to, but the truth is this, storms will happen in this life. So let's see what Jesus' response is during the storm. Mark 4, 38. It says, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? Friends, in the middle of the storm, Jesus is fast asleep. Do you know anyone like this? They can fall asleep at the drop of a bucket. I call it the spiritual gift of sleeping. My wife has this gift, and it's amazing. She can fall asleep almost anywhere and sleep good doing it. I remember one road trip we were on, and she fell asleep and woke up three states later. It was impressive. It was amazing. Well, maybe you have it too. You've never finished a movie at night. You turn it on, you're instantly asleep, and apparently Jesus has this gift as well. Vicious storm, it doesn't matter. Jesus is asleep. And I imagine for the disciples, it kind of went like this. First, it starts to rain, and the disciples are a little bit amused at what is going on. Hey, look, Jesus doesn't even know it's raining. But then as it got worse, they probably became a little bit annoyed. Hey, how's he still sleeping? And then as it became violent, and the storm uh, started to swamp their boat, and they were at risk of drowning, they suddenly were moved to anger. Hey, this guy isn't even helping us out. Well, they go, and they wake Jesus up and they ask him a question remember the storm is raging this is not a quiet moment this is a loud question they ask Jesus and above the wind and the thunder they yell teacher don't you care if we drown aka we're gonna die don't you care drown here is a word that means to perish or utterly die not just a little bit death, but to be utterly dead. And what a question here they ask him. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? This has been the question of humanity since the fall. God, do you care? We are in this storm and we are going to die. Do you care? Do you care, God? 
I want to pause here for a moment, take you to a very familiar piece of scripture. It's John 3.16 that reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And in this verse, we see a couple truths that are really crystal clear. One, there is a God. Two, this God loves the world. And three, this God who loves the world sent his son Jesus to save those who are perishing. Did you catch that, Lord? Do you care if I drown? That's the same word here that's used perish. In fact, this word's used over 92 times in the New Testament. Over and over, God reveals himself that there is a God, he loves his creation, and that he has sent his son Jesus to save those who are perishing. Well, when the disciples got into the boat that evening, if you were to ask them those three truths, one, do you believe there's a God? Two, do you believe this God loves the world? And three, do you think God has sent Jesus into the world to save those who are perishing? I think they would clearly have said yes. Yes, we really believe that. But friends, when they got into the boat and they got into the middle of the storm, suddenly the truths they knew about God did not feel as secure and as safe and as absolute as they did before the storm. And here's why. Storms make us question the truths we know about God. I've heard this question a lot when I was an ER chaplain, a chaplain at Baptist Health Louisville. And then when you got called in for a trauma, people would ask that question, God, do you care? Is there a God? Does he love us? Does he care? Will he save us? But in the middle of the storm, we feel that God is asleep at the wheel of our lives, and we, are feel, we feel that we're left to fend the storm alone. All people, whether you're a great Christian, been Christian all your life, or maybe you're not a Christian yet, will have questions in the middle of a storm. I liken it to a story I saw this past week. Rick couldn't find his cat, and then he looked out the window and he saw this. There was his cat barely hanging on for dear life. Let's take a closer look at his cat. I would imagine his cat hanging there has some questions himself. One, does my owner really care for me? Or does he just want to get a viral photo and take it and snap it? But recently, if you're like me, I have felt a lot like this cat. We are just barely hanging on for dear life. You may be wondering today and this evening if God really cares. Well, let's see God's response. Mark chapter 4, verse 39. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus does not directly answer their question. But in the midst of the storm, he demonstrates his own power over the storm. The disciples quickly are reminded and are shown the truth that there was a God who loves them and who has sent his son Jesus to save them who were perishing. Do you remember Jesus' words when we began this text in Mark 4.35? Let's read them again. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. See, Jesus had already told the disciples they were going to the other side. And that is what Jesus meant. 
Jesus' words weren't dependent on whether a storm came up in the middle of the lake. If God said before the storm, let's go to the other side, God meant that they were going to go to the other side no matter what came in their way. Friends, storms are scary, but they are temporary. But God's promises are faithful and true. And God's word before the storm, it is still true during and after the storm. And in the middle of the storm, we need to cling to the promises of God that he spoke to us before there was ever such thing as COVID-19. If you're not sure the promises of God, just Google search it. Promises in the Bible. I did that last night. And a website, Bible Study Tools, came up with 50 promises. And the first one was this, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. What a great verse during this time of quarantine and social distancing. God's promises are greater than the storm that we face. Well, President Lionel Njamiya is the president of the small, tiny island of Nauru. It's a nation of around 13,000 people. You can see it there. It's about 2,000 miles into the Pacific, away from Australia. His nation is one of only 19 countries left in the world that have not had any cases of COVID-19 in their borders. And they're working on a policy to contain it, with only one hospital for its, its citizens and no respirators on the island they really cannot afford to have COVID-19 on their island. But the president told the BBC earlier this week, he said, when we started doing this capture and containment policy, I went to God in prayer, and he gave me a scripture which I've kept to my heart, which is Psalm 147, verses 13 and 14. That has kept me in good stead as we walk through, as the Bible says, the valley of death. Friends, this is what that verse says that God gave to him. It says, God strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of wheats. God has given their president a word before they're in the storm, and he's clinging to that as the world around him is in the midst of a storm. He went on and said, We believe that our prayers will be helping all the other nations going through these tough times. Stand during the storm on what God has said before the storm. You're going through to the other side. Well, there's a lot more takeaways from this text, but I want to share three important takeaways when you're in the middle of a storm that I think is really important. And the first one is simply this, ask God for help. Antonio Munoz was quarantined this past week in Mexico with his chihuahua dog, Chocus. We have a picture here of his dog. And Antonio, while in quarantine, really wanted Cheetos, and he came up with a plan to get it. He wrote a note and put some money on the collar of Chocus, and the note said, Hello, sir of the store. Can you sell my dog some orange, not red, Cheetos? By the way, Cheetos in Mexico are incredibly spicy. But he wanted orange Cheetos, not red. And she has $20 attached to her collar, warning she will bite, if not treated right, your front neighbor. Well, off Chocus went into the streets, and before long, this is what Antonio saw coming across the street. It was his dog, Chocus, with, uh, with the bag of orange Cheetos. Sad part of the story is the shop owner got coronavirus from touching his cash. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, at least I hope not. Maybe he did. Maybe the extra money, because $20 seems excessive, was for hand sanitizer. But Chocus brought back orange quarantine when Antonio simply asked for what he wanted and needed. 
And friends, in the middle of the storm, I think there's something that you need to hear. God delights to provide for his people. You only need to simply ask. Many times, God will provide before you before you even ask. God knew this pandemic was going coming for a long time before you did, and I believe for many, he is already sending the provision that we need in this time. I knew a guy in Tulsa who would carry the cross around the world, and he was on South Africa on a hot day, and he started craving Fanta orange drink. Well, there was no store that was around him for miles, but he just thought, well, you know, a Fanta orange drink sounds really good. And about 10 minutes later, a car passed him, pulled off to the side. The guy got up, popped the trunk, and pulled out a Fanta orange drink. And he said three hours ago, he had felt like God wanted him to go and drive with a Fanta orange drink until he saw somebody carrying a cross. Before he ever had a thought that a Fanta orange drink sounded good, God was already providing for him hours in advance. And if God would provide for Keith a soft drink, how much more will he provide for you what you need during the middle of this pandemic? One time after seminary, I was jobless, and I calculated my bills, and we needed $1,000 uh, due by the end of the month, which was about a week away. We had no idea how we were going to pay for it. Do you know I walked from the table out to the, to the mailbox, and there was a check for $1,000 that somebody had sent to us from Tulsa days before. Friends, God delights to provide for you. And how about for our disciples? They are in the middle of a small boat in the lake, and God provided the miracle worker who could calm and stop their storm whenever they asked and woke Jesus up. God is going to provide for us during the time. This may be a good time at the uh, drive-in theater to honk the horn or in the chat to put amen, or if you're by yourself, just to give yourself a high five, because God is your provider and will provide for you in the middle of the storm. Secondly, Keep doing in the storm, keep doing in the storm what you knew to do before the storm. There's a lot of fear out there, and people are hoarding lots of things. I'm down to nine rolls of toilet paper, and some of you have 520 rolls that you may need to share recently. But people are pulling back, but keep doing in the middle of the storm what you knew to do before the storm. Be generous with what you have. Be compassionate. Increase your prayer life. Reach out to those that are in need. Don't back away due to fear doing what you know God wants you to do in the middle of the storm. Dr. Sorose is from the Northeast, but she is a doctor serving in Minnesota during this crisis. And she got pulled over this past week for speeding. And the officer came and saw her out-of-town license plate and found out she was a doctor. He told her it was not smart to speed when she could hurt herself if she crashed when she needed to be treating people. Or she could hurt somebody else, which wouldn't be good either. He walked back to his car for what she thought was to write a ticket. But instead, he came back to the car with five N95 masks. It was his personal allotment, but he gave it to her, and he said she needed it more. Don't stop doing what you know to do. Perhaps increase it. And the last thing I think that this passage speaks to us in the middle of a pandemic is this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Jesus was asleep on a cushion in the middle of the storm. And friends, if God isn't worried right now, then why should we worry? You know, my dad died Halloween of 2018, but I will never forget, he wrote me a letter when I was in college that I've clung on to this, to this quote he said. 
if I could see for five minutes from God's perspective how foolish my fears, how absurd my dreads. If we step back and we realize this Jesus who is asleep in the boat in the middle of the storm, if I can see from God's perspective how foolish my fears, how absurd my dreads. Take your lead from Jesus. There is an invitation to rest right now in the season. On a normal day, I have a list of about 15 to 20 things that I want to accomplish, but perhaps I need to pare that down and simply say, what's one thing I need to accomplish this day? Recalibrate your activity to match what is needed in this season, and for many of us, that means to sleep. It means to rest. If Jesus is asleep in the middle of the storm, he's the one who said you're going to the other side, and you, my friend, will go to the other side. I heard a pastor tell a story that one time he was on a flight and the captain of the ship came on and said, or the captain of the plane came on and said there was turbulence ahead and everybody went and they buckled up. Well, the turbulence started mildly and he looked over at the person sitting next to him and the person sitting next to him was still sleeping. Everybody was okay, but then it became medium turbulence. People were getting a little concerned and afraid and he looked over the person next to him and he still was fast asleep well they hit severe turbulence the kind where you think we are all going to die and everybody was really nervous and asking that question and the pastor got mad at the person next to him because you know what he was still asleep in the middle of the severe turbulence finally he could stand it no longer and he woke the man up and he said sir how can you sleep in the middle of this well, the man looked at him and curtly replied, Sir, I'm the one who built and designed this plane, and you ain't seen nothing yet. And he rolled back over, and he went right back to sleep. Can I tell you something today? God's not worried, and he's on board the ship of your life if you follow him. And there's an invitation to simply rest and sleep because God is going to see us through to the other side. Do you join me in prayer? Well, gracious God, today I thank you for the truths of your word, and I pray that you would speak to each one of us in the middle of this storm. I pray, God, that you would speak, that you will provide for us. I pray, God, that you would give us the courage to call out and to ask you for help. And I ask, God, that you would um, see us through to the other side. I thank you, God, that your grace is more than enough. Your peace is more than enough. Your mercy is more than enough. So today we give you praise and thanks. And we ask this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, during this time of invitation, the first response is very clear. If you never have followed Jesus and made him your Lord and Savior, today is a day to believe in the good news that there is a God and this God loves you. And this God has sent his son, Jesus, to save you. Right where you are, in your car, in your house, wherever you may be, is a time to simply say, Lord, save me. I'm perishing. The Lord will hear that response. If you're on the live stream, you can click the live prayer button right now, and some of you will be glad to pray with you. And maybe today during this final song, it's an invitation to simply say, God, would you provide for my needs? I'm not sure how I'm going to get through. I've lost my job and I don't know what's ahead. God, would you provide in amazing ways for me? The Lord, friends, will hear our cry 
as we follow him today. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.